Hi, Janina. Hi, Emma. How you doing? Not bad, not bad. How are you? I'm not too bad. We're back, back, back again. Yeah. Sorry, everyone, that we took a week off. I had... Is it two weeks off? Well, we only do this every two weeks, so technically it was oh, only yeah, one thing. week off. You know, yeah. we just skipped... We skipped a week, We skipped an episode because we had we shit did. to do, basically. Um, we did. Uh, life gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, I wrecked... And neither of us were in the same place at the same time. <laughs> no. I had to rehearse and record my other podcast, which uh, left me with the with the bad throat for a while. Oh. So I couldn't... Yeah. I couldn't do it. And then you had a book to write. I had a book to write, so I went off to the middle of nowhere at the exact time that you finished with the last podcast. Yeah. Um, to With no internet. If we were um, if we were more organised people, we would just have noticed that that was going to happen ahead of time. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You get what you get. <laughs> that's not how we roll. No. Um, it would be weird if that's how we rolled. Um, who, who but now we and, and, and how do we roll, though? Uh, we roll by being fully aware that history is sexy and trying to persuade everybody else that that is the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am Dr. Emma Southern, um, a Roman historian and um, person about town. <laughs> and I, uh, I am Janina Matthewson, solely person about town. That's all I've got. That's all I've got going on. You just, yeah, rack and turn. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and um, this week we're going to make Jesus sexy, I guess. I mean, Jesus has been sexy for a while. Um, Jesus, Jim, yeah. Jim Caviezel, a very handsome man, played Jesus, so... Uh, that's go. true, I've never actually seen that film. Um, it's it's one of those things that, like, it. I think it, I think it is a good and useful thing for people who want that sort of thing. You know, but it is by Mel Gibson noted ass wipe. So, yeah, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah, no, I have recently seen The Devils for the first time though. So now I feel like maybe I'm in the right mood for um, watching the extremely violent version of the crucifixion. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, it is extremely violent. Uh, and the fun thing about it is that it did spawn for a while. Um, this may be ongoing, I don't know. But uh, for a while, some sometimes when you go to like a big hyped up, like a big Easter service at a church, they'll do like a crucifixion role play thing. And I, I did see a couple that were like, well oh, wow. done. And I think this, it was like properly just well executed stage combat, but like really went for it in terms of trying to make you feel, wow. that, feel that this was a flogging. Um, uh, goodness me! Yeah. This is a an aspect of um, of church that I I'm not going to say feel like I missed out on. <laughs> like, the church I grew up in definitely did not do that kind of thing. They the did youth- an, uh, like children's nativity, and that was about as far as they were willing to go with <laughs> well, anything think- that could be considered entertainment. This was the the particularly like uh, violent one that I saw was not part of like a family service. It was uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> It was there's there's this big I don't I assume it's still going on. Christchurch has this big annual Easter Easter weekend camp for like teenagers. It's like you go with your youth group and it's four days okay, of yeah. like fun and like there's a rock band doing the worship and the speakers oh, wow, are quite okay, good yeah. and like geared towards young people and it there was and it's like in a big like marquee cool tent yeah. um, and then. And so, but it's so it's also like there's a lot of 
more people than you would have in your average church service. Like it's 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 a proper, you know, it's like it's like where you'd see a circus. So you yeah. can have enough distance from the actual stage to to believe that it's real rather than really like if it's just like around. you're sitting with, you know, amongst two hundred odd people with fluorescent lighting on. <laughs> and someone wow. and Jesus is being crucified next to the drum kit. Um, Truly, every day is a school day. <laughs> yeah, right. Truly, yeah. Um, but today we're talking uh, about whether Jesus was a real historical figure, um, mm-hmm. and the question comes from anonymous. Um, and they said, was there ever a real historical figure that Jesus was based on? I went to a Christian school and the 10 plagues, Jesus and the Romans, etc., were taken as fact. And BB atheist me decided it was all made up, but I'm realising that I don't actually know. And I went into this thinking that I was pretty open-minded about the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and like completely open to the... Coming from that kind of the academic, having read a bit of New Testament studies. Like yeah. New Testament studies is pretty clear that there was a historical Jesus. But I was pretty open to being, like, told the opposite argument. And there are only bananas arguments <laughs> I could find. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is me reading, like, what I was reading was, basically, was there a person called Jesus in Nazareth who was crucified by the Romans? Yeah. After the point of the crucifixion, whole different matter whole different can of beans well the the thing the thing is that i've and this is one of the things i i have as as a you know a person who grew up in a pretty religious household and went to church most of my life yeah my one of my frustrations with the church as i mean not that it is a unified institution but as a tradition as a like one of the common things that i think is annoying about it is the refusal to to look at the Bible as a collection of historical documents, which is what it is. Yeah. The bulk of the, like, the, they just are things that were written down and then other people put them together as evidence for this particular theology. And they deserve to be treated with the same scholarly rigour as any historical document and that you should read them and think about who wrote them and why and who they were meant mm-hmm. to be read by and why and whether they had any biases and that's the thing that's difficult right because like the documents of the New Testament comparatively speaking are pretty contemporary like Paul was writing within a decade of Jesus' death and yep. all of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John were written within a century so those are yep. pretty, like that's astonishing amount of historical documentation that at any other point would be like oh yeah this is super cool, good the only thing that upsets that is that it is written by from such a clear bias and with such an obvious agenda that it undercuts its own veracity which makes well, it one of the arguments that is made a lot for the not historical Jesus is that um, 40 years, so the first Gospels are written um, like 40 years later um, and then the, you've got Paul who's written kind of a decade later but he converts after Jesus' death so he also mm-hmm. never met Jesus. Um, and so you have people who will argue that there is no contemporary evidence. Like, that's not contemporary enough for them, basically. They are like... And they will compare it to, like, Julius Caesar a lot, which is the world's most stupid thing. Um, (laughs) And be like, like, we've got letters of Julius Caesar, we've got loads... Like, we've got loads of kind of evidence from the 
Jesus from Caesar himself and <laughs> from people around Caesar and from people who met Caesar and from people who um who were killed by Caesar who are like Caesar is definitely a person and we've got statues and we've got archaeology and rah 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 and <laughs> uh, why don't we have any of that for Jesus um and the best argument for that is because Jesus hate to break it to you uh was not a global leader who led a load of wars during his lifetime. No, he sort of just potted around for a bit, talking to people, doing doing he, what some people interpreted as mir- miracles, and then was was crucified was, and buried in a very in a way to uh, demonstrate the shame of his death. Yes, he was very regional, shall we say, um, <laughs> and like the Oscars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, a regional. Uh, award ceremony mm-hmm. uh, but okay so I think we can talk a bit about the gospels which are like your main evidence but then there's also a lot of this comes from Bert Ehrman's book um, on the historical Jesus it's like the kind of main um, mainstream putting together of all of the evidence mm-hmm. for a historical Jesus um, and then um also, Helen K. Bond's Historical Jesus, A Guide for the Perplexed is very good. Um, and then there are some um, happy... <sighs> I didn't know that they were nutters when I went into this. I just <laughs> kind of pulled up like the most referenced books on the anti-historical Jesus side. They call themselves mm-hmm. mythicists. Right, so claiming um, that the entire thing is made up completely. They Their arguments, such as one can call it an argument, because they don't have much of a they have a lot of picking apart of the argument that he was real and don't have much of an argument that he wasn't. But their basic argument is that um, when the Gospels and Paul and the like, like when they're writing about Jesus, they're writing about a a kind of spiritual thing, Mm -hmm. um, that there is no person who was Jesus, that Christianity began as a belief in a spiritual being like Mithras or mm-hmm. Bacchus, um, and that the Gospels and the kind of later um, Christian writings after the second century kind of retcon that into him being a real person. Right. Unclear why. Sure. Um, but they have all of these ideas and they have they like to pick apart things. Um, and it's unclear why they think that this is so important. And the way that they write and the way that they talk is exactly like reading conspiracy theorists. Like people trying to tell you that the earth is flat or people mm-hmm. trying to tell you that the world is actually run by lizards or pe- or Satanists or Illuminati. Or people or... trying to tell you that Birds of Prey is actually a bad movie. Those sorts of <laughs> idiots. Exactly. Idiots. And idiots and lunatics. Yeah. Um, and so they put together all of this... Um, stuff and it like feels exactly the same way in that they will throw at you just an overwhelming amount of tiny tiny details um and pit like anything along the lines of a typo will is like the happiest day of their life if they can find a typo in something then they're so delighted Um, clearly this is false instead of just like 16 pages accepting that human beings are human beings and sometimes we type things badly um or but they are um, yeah, it, it there was a time in my life when I used to have a really good time reading the David Icke message boards a lot, um, <laughs> and particularly the the subsection, like the sub board that was responding to news events. Um, just was obsessed with it for a while, uh, and then 
it, this just really reminded me of reading them, like the way that they will posit something and then build upon that. And before you know, you've got some kind of grand conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also refer to people as sheep a lot. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, and they say things um, like they will accuse people of having like academic consensus, which we would call scholarly consensus that most ex- experts in the area agree on. They call the party line consensus of mainstream biblical scholarship. <laughs> it's just that thing of like the assumption that, everything about the state of the world was created intentionally by someone and that yeah a complete failure to reckon with the insane amount of just administrative work that that would be and why anyone would put in that time (laughs) and if if they were even capable of it which is uh you know a stretch i think yeah um, but they love a conspiracy. Yeah. Um, okay. So shall we begin with the Gospels? And let's what let's they are begin with the Gospels. With... Let's begin with the Gospels. I took the Bible to bed last night um, and really freaked out Connor, which was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "What? Why are you lying in the bed reading the Gospel of Mark? <laughs> um which is a fair question, yeah. but you know what? They're not bad reads. Um, okay, yeah, so first, yeah, so four big gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. Um, the earliest one is Mark, which probably comes from about seventy CE, so forty odd years after um, Jesus probably died. Then after that, about ten fifteen years after that, we have Matthew and Luke, mm-hmm. um, who are clearly drawing on Mark as a source. What really um, freaks then, me out reading the Helen K. Bond book is that, um, and I don't know if this is, I, I, I don't read as fast as you, so I didn't, I didn't read as many different things, but like what really freaks me out is she talks about how Matthew and Luke are both based on Mark and one other source, which she refers yes. to as Q. And I was like, we can't, yes. we cannot refer to, we, we, Q has been taken, yes. we need another name for this supposed lost from, gospel. Yeah. Um, so Q is um, believed to be Mark's source, um, mm-hmm. and Q comes from because it used to be the Germans who were the only people who were interested in like the quest for historical Jesus, um, and so it comes from them calling him Quell, um, mm-hmm. which then got re- taken to Q, and now people talk about hypothetical Q a lot, um, and this is where we, what we think comes from Q. Um, it's very upsetting. <laughs> In the context of the 21st century, looks like something very, very different. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they think that Mark draws on Mysterious Q because he has stuff that um, Matthew and Luke don't. And mm. then Matthew um, has his own um, gospel or source that he's drawing on, um, which is called M. And then Luke has another source that he's also drawing on called L. Um, so we know that either they're completely inventing stuff from scratch but they all say that they're not um so they have sources that have just not we just don't have anymore and i think it's important also to talk about the 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 people like matthew mark luke and john were people they were leaders of the early church basically ministers right who were like writing specifically for their own congregations um yeah and they all say what they are doing basically so they'll say um so like i think it's luke begins by saying like loads of people have written things down and i want to 
Hugo, for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth the declaration of those things which are surely believed amongst us, even as they were delivered to us from the beginning who were eyewitnesses, it seems good to me to have a more perfect understanding of things from the first to write unto thee in order um, to the most excellent Theophilus. Um, So he's saying, like, other people have written this down, but I want to put it down in chronological order for you. Yeah. And, like, the, the reason that these writings and not other writings are in the Bible is because early Christians formed a council to try and pull together what documents were the most relevant, what could be verified. So they were like, we have this writing by Matthew and we have these statements by someone who knew Matthew and said, yeah, Matthew was said the sort of thing all the time. So we're pretty sure that this yeah. was actually what Matthew wrote down. And so therefore and there's we'll nothing heretical it. in here. There's nothing heretical <laughs> that we don't want included. But yeah, because there are other gospels that didn't pass that test. Like my personal favourite, the Proto-Evangelium of James, yeah. which is a bagging read um, and it's <laughs> written by allegedly written by one of the um, disciples by James um, and is his version of Jesus of both his parents life and Jesus's life and um, but it has uh, it was largely written off as apocryphal and non-heretical because he's going around saying I am Jesus's brother and we have the same mother um and by the third century they were getting quite into the idea that um Mary was a perpetual virgin who never had any other children <laughs> which it, it would is bonkers of them because the gospels that they did include still refer contain references they to still Jesus's refer to his brothers. brothers yeah um uh, yeah which it gets written off um as uh, his being his stepbrothers, so they then mm. decide that James and the others are um, the sons of Joseph, but not the sons of Mary. Yeah, because how how dare Mary get hers? Uh, yeah, so those are called the Synoptic Gospels, um, and they are largely contemporary-ish. Um, and then you have the Maverick Gospel, which is the Gospel of John, which has completely different versions of the same stories um, and a number of unique stories that don't appear anywhere else. Um, and so he is like the extra bonus one. Yeah, and is the one that everyone loves if they want to talk about the possibility that Jesus was gay because he's the one that has the repeated refrain of the disciple who Jesus loved, which, which has caused a whole kerfuffle. It's also the one that begins with all of the good stuff of in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And, yeah. Um, John is the Bangs. best one to read, yeah. to be fair. It's the yeah. most fun. It's <laughs> of the four, it's the most fun. Um, so those are the Gospels. Um, and they are all, TBH, pretty clear that uh, Jesus was a person who was born <laughs> and made flesh and dwelt among us, uh, to, to quote John. Um, there's also, as I say, a bunch of apocryphal Gospels um, which talk about him, uh, which are things like the Gospel of Thomas, which is 114 sayings of Jesus, the Gospel of Peter, which is just the passion, a bunch of other passion projects, um, the Praetor Evangelium of James, a brilliant one, um, <laughs> and then whatever Q, L and M are, um, and other hypothetical lost ones where people, where we've got sources that are being drawn on. Um, but the sources themselves didn't survive. Yeah, but for whatever reason, they have been lost, and maybe one day they will appear, uh, like pop up. Yeah, like, like the, the Dead um, Sea Scrolls did. Like the Dead Sea Scrolls, and there was a big thing um, a couple of years ago in New Testament scholarship in papyrology, where uh, Karen King, who's at Harvard, um, declared that she had found or had had somebody bring to her a, a piece of the gospel, a lost gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, which had the line, and Jesus said to them, my wife. 
Ooh. Uh, yeah. Um, and this kind of, everybody was like, holy shit. Um, and she <laughs> said, and a bunch of other people, to be fair, also said that they thought it was real. Um, mm-hmm. And there was a big kerfuffle and investigation. And like, holy shit. Um, and a lot of people... Um, uh, like trying to work out where it had come from and it because it had been brought to her by a private collector um, who wouldn't say who he was and she wouldn't say who he was and so the provenance was completely um, mm-hmm. unclear uh, and obviously it said that seemed to claim that Jesus was talking about having a wife yeah. um, and um, there's a really good book there's a bunch of um, if you Google the gospel of Jesus's wife, you know, the books will come up and things, but there's loads of good writing on it. But basically a guy um, hunted down uh, where it had come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out to be like a German entrepreneur <laughs> <laughs> uh, who had forged it, essentially. Sure. Um, there's a whole, there's all these side quests with like, the entrepreneur also runs a series of um, like sexy wife porn sites where you can <laughs> buy videos of his wife and um, like his background, but they're really good. So um, she's got a lot yeah. going on. It does have a surprising amount going on. Yeah. It's very fun, um, but occasionally someone tries to pass something like that off. Um, I liked the um, the fun thing that the Helen Bond said about Jesus and the possibility that he wife he had a wife. She was like, it's, it was very unusual in Jewish society at the time for a man to stay unmarried into his thirties. So he may have had a wife, but every time he's like embarrassing himself and someone needs to come pick him up, it's like his mum and his siblings that do it. And, it is, and if yeah. he were married, it would be his wife. So that's. Pretty, and that makes it seem like he didn't get married. Yeah, mm. and he is a, a, a preacher, so um, he may have. I mean, it seems to have been unusual from from a young age. And then there's Paul, and one of the things that the mythicists say is that Paul doesn't mention a living Jesus. They're very keen that um, that there's no reference to Paul, to Jesus being a living man in his letters um and he's the closest source they argue that paul is saying that um jesus he only talks about jesus as a as a kind of mythical figure basically right. or as a godly figure um, which is untrue if you read it's it's probably worth clarifying just i just don't want to assume that everyone knows bible things that paul wrote most of the new testament and most of it is like he traveled around setting up churches and then he would write letters to the churches that he had set up and that's what most of the new testament is is his letters his letters to the corinthians or his letters to the romans and that's why all they're all called corinthians and romans and galatians largely telling them off largely saying look (laughs) i set up this and i told you stop having so much sex yeah, yeah. Um, and this is why I'm telling you, you can't do this. Yeah. Um, and so then he lays out like his thought processes and his um, his justifications for why they can't get married anymore mm-hmm. or, um, <laughs> and various things. Um, but they're all like uh, yeah. secondary instructions. Like it's based on what he said to them in person when he was in town or the last yeah. time he was in town rather than... Um, like him laying out when the he was around setting up the thing yeah exactly <laughs> he popped into town yeah. was like here are the rules and now i'm gonna go and i'm gonna write to you to tell you when you're doing things badly yeah um so he writes his letters and he several times refers to um the idea that jesus like jesus was betrayed and he took the bread he says in corinthians and another point he says that he um uh 
he traveled after his conversion shortly after his conversion that he traveled to jerusalem and was acquainted with james and with simon peter simon peter is the um his favorite disciple and that he kind of studied under um simon peter and Mm -hmm. talked to james the brother of jesus um and it's pretty clear that he is talking about real people (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and not like it would make no sense if he was like i went and chatted with jesus's brother and simon peter and um everyone was like oh but just could jesus have a brother if he if he if he he doesn't exist this is another thing that blew my mind when i was reading the so there's this book called which is a direct response to did jesus exist by bert um and bart Mm -hmm. and sorry um which is um bart ehrman and the quest for the historical jesus of nazareth which (laughs) has like 20 essays in it but they're only written by four people Uh, (laughs) um but um they keep saying that jesus isn't a name um like oh people call him christ jesus he's called christ first um and christ is the greek version of the word messiah so messiah is a hebrew word christ is the uh, christos is the like literal translation of that means kind of savior mm-hmm. um and jesus is just a bog standard name it's like being called emma yeah <laughs> um but they keep insisting that it's not a name and you're like but, but it is a name there were other people called Jesus's, jesus um which we'll come to when we get to josephus um yeah. but there's loads of jesus's so i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> That's where they lost me. Like, as soon as I got to that bit, I was like, well, you, clearly, you, I don't think you actually know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. All you have to do is, like, put in put into um, Wikipedia, Jesus Ben, and you'll get lots <laughs> of Jesuses, because I think Ben yeah. was a Hebrew way of saying son of. So there'll be Jesus Ben Ananias, Jesus Ben Pandera, Jesus Ben Sarah. Yeah. These are all other, just other people called Jesus, because it was a name. There's- <laughs> Yeah, it's a very, um, it's, it's not an unpopular name. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the Gospels, I think, are pretty clear that there was a Jesus and he was pottering about. Um, and the point of contention really becomes, um, one, whether you think these are early enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, whether you think they are talking about a real person or not, mm-hmm. um, or whether you think that they are talking about kind of like in the way that you would write a story about Mithras or uh, Osiris, yeah, um, uh, which I don't think is very likely. Haven't sat and read them um, <laughs> several times. Um, then you have the next issue that's often brought up is that there are no Roman accounts of. Um, or no verified Roman accounts of Jesus or of early Christianity as a movement, um, which is also untrue. Romans were uh, famously killing Christians. <laughs> um, the one they're big they on Christians later. Um, <laughs> but what you have is... Okay, so the earliest mention that we have that is definitely, definitely, without a single doubt referring to Christians is... Uh, Pliny the Younger, mm-hmm. who um, had been sent to Bithynia as the governor of Bithynia to sort some stuff out, um, and is kind of in a special role and has direct access to the Emperor Trajan and is very pleased about it and <laughs> writes like a bazillion letters um, <laughs> to Trajan asking him stuff, like very mundane stuff. 
Um, How much salt should I put on my pork? Basically. Mm. Um, And one of the things he writes about is... um, So he writes things like, oh, some people want to start a firefighting brigade um, as a kind of guild. Like, can I let them? And Trajan says no, because we're not allowing anybody at this time to meet in groups for any reason. Um, (laughs) Which is a common thing that occurs. Uh, (laughs) So... One of the things that he writes about in book 10 and 112 is um, he says, people keep bringing people to me and making accusations that these people are Christians. And I don't know what to do with it because they are treating a human as if he is a god um, and they are um, refusing, they are being disgusting basically (laughs) like he's like i don't i don't like it i'm uncomfortable it's obvious like it's completely um it's very not roman obvious to him yeah that this is just a disgusting thing that should be stopped that just needs to be stopped (laughs) um even like and he doesn't really outline any reason for it which has caused a lot of stress for um roman historians of early christianity um Mm. but he's just like look clearly they need to be stopped and so what i do is i make them curse the name of this christ um and if they won't curse the name of christ then i execute them Um, (laughs) um and not only is it a very fun insight into the way that people try and um kind of attack their neighbours and people and enemies mm-hmm. that they just started dragging them in front of a governor and going, saying, he's Christian. He's Christian, do something about it. Do you kill him? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but basically he says, I don't really know what to do about them. And um, Trade says, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Um, you want to, like, if they repent and they will sacrifice to the emperor and they'll be normal, um, then sure leave them be or if they say that they were a christian but they're not anymore then that's fine but if they won't um stop this nonsense if they won't back down yeah then and if they keep insisting that this person is a god um then that's fine you can uh you can have them executed Mm. um um, because it is not cognizance with the spirit of our age is what he says Uh, but yeah, so he does that. And that's our first mention of, like, definite Christians. But there's a few references to um, possible Christians, and there's two references to definitely Jesus. Um, <laughs> I really like the I mean, way you fra- where you phrase that. Definitely Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of that uh, joke from... Um, the Vicar of Dibley, where it's what's the what have you heard about this this new low fat communion communion wafer? I can't believe it's not Jesus. <laughs> very good. It's very good. Um, okay, so the other ones that get brought up are Suetonius mm-hmm. um, mentions that uh, Claudius deported all of the Jews from Rome because of riots that occurred at the instigation of a man called Crestus. Um, mm-hmm. which definitely happened because some Jews were expelled from Rome. But n- Crestus is a bit of a blur um, and it seems to suggest that this Crestus is in Rome, unclear what's going on there. So yeah, we'll put that down as a dubious. Next one is Tacitus. Um, so these are both writing in like the second century AD. Mm-hmm. Um, so slightly before Pliny. He says um, that... Um, Nero, because people were spreading rumours that he had started the Great Fire of Rome in 64 AD, Mm -hmm. um, 
he decided to punish a class of men loathed from the, loathed for their vices, whom the crowd styled as Christians. Christus, the founder of their name, had undergone the death penalty in the reign of Tiberius by sentence of the procurator Pontius Pilate, and the pernicious superstition was checked for a moment, only to break out once more, not merely in Judea, the home of the disease, but in the capital itself, where all things horrible and shameful in the world collect. <laughs> First, then, the confessed members of the sect were arrested, and next, on their disclosures, vast numbers were convicted, not so much on the count of arson, but as for the hatred of the human race. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So that is a nice early mention of Christus, uh, which very definitely seems to be talking about um, Jesus. The mythicists, which is what they call themselves, except the ones who call themselves... um, New Testament minimalists. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ultimate minimalism by believing that none of the New Testament should exist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they really like to say that all of this is um, interpolated by later Christians, basically. The monks are sitting in medieval... Just jotting um, in some additional stuff into Tacitus. Exactly. Mm. Um, but I do not think that that is something that um, is particularly useful as a <laughs> um you once you start saying well the evidence that i don't like was interpolated um yeah you like really if you're gonna if you're gonna claim that and they're obviously in the preservation of history things can get corrupted and changed but if you want to you really do need some evidence if you're going to claim that every reference was planted there <laughs> yeah um and one definitely has been edited um oops me dropping my pencil um which we will get to i was gesticulating too enthusiastically (laughs) um one has been edited which if for people who know about this kind of thing will be just waiting for me to say the words but um before we get there we'll do the two other mentions Mm -hmm. we have then we have josephus so (laughs) josephus is a jewish um uh kind of leader from jerusalem from judea who fought in the battles um of the the second jewish war where vespasian destroyed and and titus sorry destroyed jerusalem and then destroyed the second temple um and he was then kind of taken as a prisoner back to rome um and kept as a hostage at the expense of vespasian and lived in rome for the rest of his life and then wrote a couple of books which are kind of explaining judaism and jewish history to roman readers (laughs) um so he is trying to tell the story of um of judaism from the very beginning and then a kind of modern jewish history and what we believe and where we've come from and trying to get them to understand what judaism actually was Mm. um which is an admirable feat, and he wrote two good books. He then wrote um, some ones about Roman history as well, which is also quite fun. But um, he wrote one called Jewish Antiquities, um, where he mentions... Um, first, he mentions John the Baptist, mm-hmm. um, and there is a very, very clear mention of John the Baptist in Book 18, where it says, It seemed to some of the Jews that the destruction of Herod's army was by God, and it was certainly well-deserved on the basis of what he did to John called the Baptist. Um, which is basically (laughs) execute him yeah Yeah. um which he for herod had executed him though he was a good man and had urged the jews if inclined to exercise virtue to practice justice towards one another and piety towards god and to join in baptism um which is exactly what john the baptist in the bible is doing yeah Um, 
if you don't know, in the um, in the Gospels, Jesus turned, John the Baptist is going around basically baptizing people to wash their bodies um, and kind of purify them. Mm-hmm. And he is doing this in the River Jordan. Uh, and Jesus turns up to say, um, to be baptized and to be purified because he's obviously into that kind of thing. And John says, oh, why have you come here? Because I, you should be baptizing me. Um, and then uh, the heavens open and God says for the first time, this is my son. Um, and I say baptize him basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So there is a pretty clear um, reference to what is going on at the time that is in line with exactly what the Gospels are saying. Yeah. Um, next, he says, um, when he's talking about so basically a list of cases that so, that were dealt with, of which a mm-hmm. bunch of them are dealing with people called Jesus. Um, <laughs> Ananas brought before them the brother of Jesus who was called Christ, whose name was James, and had some others, and some others, his companions. And when he had formed an accusation as them as breakers of law, he delivered them to be stoned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mythicists again just write that straight off as a as an interpolation. Sure, um, they just think that that was written in. Don't know why, because the thing they think they'd try better. Um, <laughs> But the trying better comes with book 18, 3.3. Mm-hmm. Um, what is called the Testimonium Flavianum, which is a big deal in these kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it reads in the edition that we now have, like the manuscripts that have come down to us, goes like this. About this time there lived Jesus, a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him a man. For he was one who performed surprising deeds and was a teacher of such people as accept the truth gladly slash naively. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. He was the Messiah. And when, upon the accusation of the principal men amongst us, Pilate had condemned him to a cross, those who first came to love him did not cease. He appeared to them, spending a third day restored to life, for the prophets of God had foretold these things and a thousand other marvels about him. And the tribe of Christians, so called after him, has to this day still not disappeared. And the, the uh, understanding, the, co- the modern academic understanding, is that basically all of the lines there that you would expect to be fake are fake. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the argument is, is this whole passage copied and pasted in, um, mm-hmm. like did uh, some Christians write it and put the whole thing in, or um, has it been edited in such a way that the part existed, but that um, they've made it so that it reads more Christian than Lily? Yeah. So um, the, the Helen Bond said that you the, the you, you could read it as just, about this time they love Jesus, a wise man, he... Uh, one over many Jews and many Greeks, and the tribe yeah. still has not disappeared. And you just can take out all the bits the, about him being resurrected and the Messiah. Yeah, the um, John Curran, um, who is at Queen's actually, wrote a very good article um, kind of going through it, which was one of the most recent I could find from 2017, basically on a line-by-line uh, line basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and his argument is that this was probably edited by Eusebius, who is a fourth century bishop and was the person who converted Constantine, who wrote a big Christian history, history of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what we can see from fragments of people referring to Josephus before this and before Eusebius and after Eusebius, it seems that Eusebius was probably the one who did a bit of editing. Mm-hmm. Um 
And uh, basically, there's no chance that Josephus said he was the Messiah because that makes him... That's blasphemous to a Jew. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you say that he's the Messiah, then, um, like, he just wouldn't have said that. He's And throughout the rest of his many thousands of words that he wrote, he gives no indication of being not Jewish. Yeah. Um, and so he, um, he basically thinks that if you, um, you can make it, there lived a certain Jesus, a wise man, delete if one ought to call him a man you can have surprising deeds you can have a teacher of people you can have one over many jews and many greeks um he has he posits you could have who was believed to be the messiah or who was called the messiah Mm -hmm. um or who was called christ because that's what it would be who was called christos um and then he was accused and condemned and they did not cease um and then you have the thousand other marbles about him which is seems unlikely that he would put that in yeah um but yeah so there's a big argument that has been going on for many hundreds of years (laughs) about whether that whole bit is fake so the mythicists just dismiss that out of hand from about down to disappeared just think that all of that was inserted Mm -hmm. um in the fourth century um, that is not the kind of overarching opinion of most people who think that it was edited by Eusebius or someone in that time to um, be more Christian because they were so delighted to find a reference to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that they wanted to really hit that home. Yeah. Um, and so, like, the mythicists, as I say, the mythicists really like a list. Um, mm-hmm. And whenever they, like, list questions so like the 10 questions that need to be answered about the historical jesus um there's always one that says why are there no roman sources that um that refer to jesus if he was so popular and then they answer that by claiming that the roman sources that mention him were a fake and then they always in brackets put except the flavius they always say flavius josephus so that they can look more fancy um (laughs) except josephus uh, who are clear interpolations um and you go okay quite often they'll say things like like so the book from the response to bar Ehrman one was like oh um question nine is like why wasn't christianity more popular if it's so important and it's so why does it languish as a house um religion for like 300 years um and then question 10 is why do no roman sources refer to it if it was so popular and you're like well you, you just literally you just, just said it wasn't the popular, so because why would they be writing about like twelve dickheads in a house? If <laughs> yeah, it's twelve dickheads. If you you can't say it's twelve dickheads in a house and then be like, well, why weren't they writing about the twelve dickheads? <laughs> like, um, but they do that kind of thing quite a lot. Sure. Um, my one of my favourite ones actually was in that same thing. They um, so the questions are why doesn't Philo mention Philo's another Jewish writer who's <laughs> writing. Or he's writing them the reign of Caligula. Um, uh, why doesn't he mention Jesus? Um, like, I don't know, maybe he wasn't interested. Um, question two is then, why do the Gospels disagree with each other? Mm-hmm. Uh, question three, really enjoyed this one. Why doesn't Seneca reference Jesus' miracles in um, his natural, his book about natural questions? Like, mm-hmm. why doesn't he? He went, talks about like earthquakes and thunderstorms. Why doesn't he mention all of the strange things that were definitely happening according to the gospel? Um, <laughs> why wasn't Jesus stoned to death as he should have been? 
because um, he wasn't should, condemned by the Jews. Should do uh, a lot of work there. <laughs> yeah. Um, why don't we know more about the disciples? Uh, furious about that one. Um, and then question <laughs> six is just the same question as number two, but with slightly more words. <laughs> just literally the exact same question. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, number seven, why are there so many anachronisms in the Gospels about first century Judaism? Um, and why are they written in Greek and not Hebrew? Uh, again, these are very simple questions, which is that they're written by Greeks yeah. a century later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, why doesn't Paul say anything about Jesus's life? Um, um, presumably because he told does... that story when he was there in person? Probably because he already told that story and in most of his things like stop marrying each other, stop being weird about this. Yeah. Um, this point of doctrine that I've now, that you are violating, stop being trying to say that this person is a leader when they're not. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Don't let why your women Christ- speak up in the church. That sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why wasn't Christianity more popular uh, from the beginning, basically? Like, if it was so overwhelming, then why did everybody, why wasn't it so? And uh, then why do no Roman sources refer to it except their Except for the ones that they, they liked it. Dismiss. Yeah. Great, great points. Yeah. Cool. Great points. A plus. <laughs> this, I mean, these are like they they really love a list, and so which is very useful. Yeah. Um, for reading their list. Yeah. So there's one called the Jesus Puzzle, which uh, was published in the 90s and then was republished by Jesus, neither God nor man. Sure. Um, and that has um begins with the 12 pieces of the Jesus Puzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is super useful um so it starts with um jesus and the gospel story cannot be found in the christian writings earlier than the gospels yeah what <laughs> <laughs> the gospels didn't exist before the gospels uh cool Go- so, yep we've got us there i mean you've got, all- <laughs> you have got us there. i think what they're saying is that, like Q and that didn't exist. Like basically, they're that they're not early enough. Why don't Why don't we have an extant source that predates these sources that we do yeah. have? Yeah, which is so because not, not everything survives. <laughs> not not early enough um here we go point two there is no non-christian reference to jesus earlier than the second century the two references in flavius josephus are unreliable and can be dismissed in their entirety as later christian insertions because i say so uh yep mm-hmm. uh, the early epistles speak of the christ jesus messiah savior as a spiritual heavenly being uh Paul and the other early writers place the death and resurrection of their Christ in the supernatural slash mythical world based on Platonic and Semitic cosmology. Um, I mean, I just feel like if you believe that this man, like if you are Paul and you have the story of Paul, just in case people don't know it, is that he was a fa- he was a Pharisee, so he was a super hardline Jewish scholar. Um, hated the disciples and then he was uh on the road to damascus he was struck by the divine vision he went blind he saw jesus this was after jesus's death and resurrection and then converted to christianity and became the founder essentially of the church as we know it and like if you if you are that paul <laughs> then i think you do interpret the death and resurrection of jesus as a spiritual occurrence and him as I mean, a divine being and also again i do feel like they are they seem to think that Paul should have been writing letters to them saying this is what Jesus did. Um rather than 
he never really knew that his stuff was going to be published and still be being read thousands of years later by people that he didn't write them to. Yeah, no, it's like if you're the if you're the if you've just if you've just opened your own startup and you go away <laughs> and you send your team an email being like just like I told you in the meeting before I left this this is a thing. And then yeah. in 2000 years people are still reading that email as evidence of <laughs> Yeah, of the the nexus of your startup. Um, as to the philosophy of your startup, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so yes, uh, only heavenly Christ doesn't talk about a a, a human Christ. Um, then some stuff about the uh, <laughs> then some stuff about cosmology. Um, uh, that Paul's Christ operates within the system where the universe is finite and multi layered. Um, okay. Where the which okay fine. Uh, the higher world of the heavens is regarded as superior. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Um, then, here we go. Pagan mystery cults of the period worship saviour deities who had performed salvi- salvific acts. Um, under the influence of Platon- Platonism, these acts came to be interpreted by the cults as taking place in the supernatural slash mythical world. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and basically that um, Christ is invented as that. So he is mm-hmm. like a Mithras. Um Then um, the most prominent philosophical religious concept of the period was the intermediary sun, a spiritual channel between the ultimately transcendent God and humanity. Um, And that um, Christ fits into that model, which is unconvincing for me because you have to draw from like the entirety of all ancient pre-Christian religion Mm -hmm. in order to come up with too many examples of that. Um, Yeah. Um, the Gospels were not written as historical accounts, but are a symbolic representation of the Galilean kingdom preaching sect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Q is a lost sayings collection extracted from Matthew and Luke uh, and does not make a reference to death or resurrection. I mean, we don't know everything that Q made a reference to because we don't have Q. No, but they have developed... This is, ex- again, extremely good in the context of 2021. <laughs> uh, they talk a lot about something called the Q community. <laughs> who preach the imminent coming of kingdom of God and the arrival of a heavenly son of man. <laughs> <laughs> and the, in fact, they, they consider the Q community to be an apocalyptic sect of which all evidence has been lost except the Gospels. Sure. Okay. Which makes you, I mean, so they often so, say that history so, doesn't repeat. But <laughs> I just, I just want to be sure I've got this straight because of my, it's breaking my brain. Yeah. Are they at once saying that everything is made up, but also yeah. that there existed a sect of which there is no evidence? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Except Q, obviously. Except Q, which, which we don't have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a hy- hypothetical. Right, sure. Cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool, cool. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, just to be very, very clear, the Josephus bits, which we've got, mm-hmm. that we've just read, and all of the, the Roman bits, they are interpolations and are not real. Right. Yeah. Q, which we do not have, is very clear evidence of an entire community, yes. which was apocalyptic and messianic. Okay. That. Okay. Okay. So if we've got it, incorrect. If we don't have it, very clear evidence. I'm just really enjoying how it, it, what we're coming to is that the clearest evidence for the existence of Jesus as a historical person is the fact that everyone arguing against it is unhinged. 
That yeah, they are. They I really assume, thought that there might be good arguments. <laughs> <laughs> um and there really aren't like the best stuff that I can find. And it all has that kind of conspiracy theory air whereby there's like one person um I will get back to the last two, I promise. Mm -hmm. But there's, like, one person who writes under two different pseudonyms Mm -hmm. um, who runs a publishing company called Stella House Publishing, um, founded by an author who calls herself both Akira S. and D.M. Murdoch. Okay. Um, And that publishing house publishes basically everything. Um, on this issue and they are kind of a hardline atheist um like richard dawkins-esque atheist publishing company mm-hmm. um they describe themselves thusly a company dedicated to bringing to the public lost and hidden information regarding the world's religions mythologies and spiritual traditions okay so what what that really means is the company exists to share on everything you believe they would like to shit on everything you believe. And also, I feel like they might really enjoy um, Da Vinci Code style stuff. <laughs> to be fair, that's an enjoyable time. Da Vinci Code, it, it doesn't make any sense. And the moment you turn the last page, you realise it was a nonsense. But while you're reading it, it is gripping. And uh, what's the book that it's called on? Holy Grail, Holy Chalice, Holy whatever. Mm. Um, the like That kind of thing is yeah. basically... like That's what... He'd lost and hidden information suggests to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, that everything, so all of everything it comes you know is, is the result of a vast conspiracy that has is run by a network of people in the shadows and yeah. has been for thousands of years. And because that's the thing and has been is, since the beginning of yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they so all of this comes from them basically, and they all have titles like the Jesus Puzzle. Um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. if you go to the website, then. Um, it is, or in fact, I actually, we'll come back to the um, rooster-headed phallic saviour of the world um, because uh, <laughs> I it just I went down a real rabbit hole with that one. Um, but before we do that, all right, the last two points that they make mm-hmm. after the cue. Um, there are loads of sects and beliefs about a spiritual heavenly Christ um, that. It showed that it started in loads of different places at the same time and there were lots of spontaneous developments of the exact same story um, and therefore it cannot be a single individual um, mm-hmm. or have a single point of origin. It's probably their best argument. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be if it wasn't for the fact that the Bible itself talks about how the message is spread. Like you have, um, you know, the, the, the Ethiopian man who was on the road to Ethiopia and he runs across Paul and Paul says, have you heard about Jesus? Yeah. And the Ethiopian man says, how can I know? He says, Paul says, do you know Jesus? And he says, how can I know if I am not told? So Paul tells him and he takes the word of Jesus to Ethiopia, which is why Africa is one of the oldest Christian churches in the world because of it this does. man. Um, and like th- that stuff was happening. Like people, would, people were just carrying home a story. It's not Yeah. It's and not wild. also, if it wasn't for the fact that all there are loads and loads of references in Josephus, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, in um, various other places, which reference other um, kind of preachers and leaders of movements mm. that were occurring around about the same time. And it's pretty clear that they are different. Like they are movements which are happening. Yeah. Um, but which have different, like John the Baptist, for example. Yeah. Um, 
And there's a guy called Thudas who gathered a load of people and claimed that he was going to part the River Jordan. So the Romans executed him. The thing, and the thing I think that's also important that we haven't really talked about is like the context of this time is a massive upheaval. Like there was, oh, yeah. um, there was huge civil war across Jerusalem. The Roman occupation was unpopular. There were there were, was like years and years of of real like struggle and violence. And during times like that lots of little different movements pop up like that's yeah. a that happens all the time so yeah of course there were lots of little movements because everything was a bit shit for everyone yeah yeah um especially in that area yeah uh yeah and then finally they claimed that until the second century um christian documents do not um do not talk about a historical jesus or a single man um and that they talk exclusively about a figure that is um, mythical or spiritual. And it's not until uh, until like the 3rd, 4th century that people start to talk about uh, Jesus of Nazareth as a historical figure. So that's just a flagrant dismissal of the Gospels and the writings of Paul as valid historical that, Well, they, we've already dealt with those as not yeah. either being too late or not actually talking about what they talk about. But they are, within, they are within the first couple of centuries. So I think but if you're going to make the argument... With them. Yeah, yeah, it's just... Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, there are, that's one guy. That's a guy named Earl Doherty. There are other ones. So there is um, arguments, for example, that um, Jesus was a manifestation of pagan gods of fertility um and is actually a kind of pagan god um that has been uh was adopted by jewish people um mm-hmm. and uh an argument that um all religions are the same this is a good one this is an enlightenment one um by a french guy called constantine francois volney that all religions are the same and christ is a sun god whose name derives from krishna <laughs> sure Okay. <laughs> Great. Um, uh, yeah, and kind of uh, people who believe that literally no biblical figures ever existed and they're all myths. Um, mm-hmm. Some people argue that the Gospels were not written when they were written, but they were all faked in the fourth century. Uh huh. Quite how everybody was reading them previously and referring to them a lot. And like, I have read a lot of early Christian scholarship in my life, like the Church Fathers and Origin, who I've talked about before, mm-hmm. and Jerome, and like all these lads, of which there were loads of them, refer to the Gospels quite a lot. Yeah, so probably they existed. Probably they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, but this is like, this feels like one of the biggest problems with, with the academic side of looking at Jesus is that everyone because of because of the church and because everyone whether or not like it's so it permeates society to the extent that it is very difficult to grow up without some sort of emotional response to the idea of the church and therefore to the idea of Jesus so everyone is bringing in some sort of really strong feeling into looking for him so either you yeah. really really want him to be real and everything to be true or you really really want him to not be real and it's very difficult to to become objective in that sort of situation it is um and you know and this is a thing with a lot of new testament analysis which is that you're analyzing it but it has a bunch of miracles in it like from page one Mm. (laughs) the gospels have miracles in them and so there is always this kind of line of with people who are reading them and trying to extrapolate historical information from them is um 
Okay, he went to John the Baptist and he was baptized. But then there is this line where it says that God spoke to him. Um, and he went to the desert and then and there's this whole stuff about the devil. But that's probably a metaphor. And like some people want that to be a metaphor. Some people want it to be real. Um, so I think everybody has their different line as to where yeah. it stops being historical. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of the, like, the scholarly consensus across all things apart from these people over here mm-hmm. is that there was a guy... He was called Jesus. He was born in Nazareth. Um, He travelled and taught and did healings and exorcisms and did things that people read as miracles, um, annoyed the hell out of people, uh, and was eventually, as were a whole bunch of other um, people who brought gatherings around themselves and were thus seen as a massive threat by the Roman state, executed. Yeah. Um, and that is like the baseline. The idea that that you could be a threat to the general stability of the region was enough to get you ex- executed. So Jesus wandered into Jerusalem on a donkey with a crowd. Yeah, showing up with like two hundred people would be enough to have you executed. Yeah. They weren't allowing fire brigade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's not the thing. I think with the one where the mythicists talk about um like why don't they ever talk about him as a historical man why do they talk about him so much but like they really focus on his divinity um that really annoys them is the fact that early christians and early christian writers and when they're developing the theology of christianity and how the idea of the messiah having come affects lived experience which is pretty much what they're talking about for most of the time mm-hmm. um and how that exp- how you can extrapolate that out into everything else um is that they don't need to convince people that jesus was a man yeah because it is that is accepted yeah what they need to convince them is that he was the son of god yeah it's also i think um uh as we've talked about a lot that is just something you have to accept when you're looking at history particularly ancient history the sources that survive are the ones that people cared enough to to preserve and yeah. the only people who cared about Jesus for the first 100 or 200 years were Christians. So they preserved the sources that confirmed their beliefs. Like, Romans didn't care about him because he was nobody. He was from a tiny village. He had a few, you know, dozen to a couple of hundred followers and then he died. And that had no impact on Rome. So he wasn't important to anyone. And it wasn't until his the followers grew in number and spread that he became significant to anyone else yeah it's not it's not until they started being dragged in front of people and uh, in front of romans and people were pointing out going he's a christian and they were like he's a what the fuck yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah uh, the final thing i want to say about the mythicists um because i just found it very very funny mm-hmm. is that they fill up pages and pages of their books by being really annoyed that there are loads of interpretations of jesus in the modern world <laughs> uh-huh um, and they're really annoyed that Jesus is not a consistent, like, does not have a consistent personality. Do, are um, they under the impression that any religion is a consistent interpretation? No. <laughs> um, but uh, they basically, Jesus is quite a, like, he's never writing about himself and no one's ever talking about his inner world. So mm. you're always just writing about what he physically does. Yeah. Um, and as a result, he has been, and as you kind of, Everybody from the ancient world has been, he's been interpreted like a billion different ways. Um, And one of the lads in, uh, I think it was David something, um, 
he wrote like a whole list of all of the ways in which uh, Jesus has been interpreted um, in order to demonstrate how uh, he could not possibly have been all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so cynic philosopher, liberal Pharisee, charismatic Hasid, conservative rabbi, antinomian iconoclast, magician slash faith healer, violent zealot, Nonviolent resistor, apocalyptic prophet, proto-communist, early feminist, earthy hedonist, family man, home wrecker, saviour of the world, saviour of Israel alone, and radical social reformer um, is his list. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, one, like the, it's like, oh, so this Jewish person had, like these rabbis have interpreted Jesus as a conservative rabbi, and then other people the feminists have interpreted Jesus as an early feminist and communists have interpreted Jesus and you're like and therefore he can't possibly have existed (laughs) I just want to take a moment to think about for example the different ideas and interpretations people have of I don't know Obama like everyone has their own idea of a person even when they're alive right now in front of you because it's you know you don't know them so you project and you interpret I feel like I could ask five different people to interpret me and five different people exactly everything would be different (sighs) anyway basically what i learned from this is that uh they're kind of bananas Mm -hmm. um and their evidence is bad and um the evidence for a specific person called jesus um is not exactly the strongest but inter like if you are to put him up against a julius caesar or something like that but that is not because he didn't exist. No, it's just because he wasn't a big deal until quite a long time after he died. Yeah. Um, um, I'm going to finish with the phallic saviour of the world. Oh, I think so. before before we do that, because I definitely think we should mention okay. that because it looks hilarious. But I think it's worth just sort of outlining what what is general consensus compared to what is in the Bible. So, like, okay. for example, the story of Jesus in the Bible starts with Herod, King Herod, Herod killing a load of babies there's no evidence that that ever happened um there was a census around that time but there's no evidence that that had anything to do with jesus's birth or where he was born there's no evidence that he was born in bethlehem which is what the bible claims he is was mostly likely born in nazareth which is where he grew up um Mm -hmm. he is generally expected to have potted around he generally was like seems to have been interpreted by people as capable of doing healing acts of healing which is not unique like there were people who were talked about as being healers or magicians Mm -hmm. or whatever the amount of stories there are about jesus doing those sorts of things are the only thing that makes him unique in that regard um and then he was crucified he was buried but he did not get a funeral uh and we don't know if he was buried in a tomb or in a pauper's grave or wherever but he was buried in a way that did not was was not according to the usual tradition because he had been executed and that's what happens when people are executed. Um, crucified nonetheless. Crucified, yeah, yeah. Which is something you do to slaves. My favourite little, this bit, we could we can maybe think this bit is true, uh, is, which is in the, um, basically, this is Helen Bond's opinion, but I like it. Uh, there is a story <laughs> in the Bible that three women went to Jesus' tomb and found it empty and... Uh, her point here is that like this could be true because if this was made up they would have been men you wouldn't make up that story and have him his empty tomb being discovered by women which i think is like as fair a point as any <laughs> yeah so that's i think it's a pretty good point that's a general um, a general consensus on jesus as a historical person 
then the the yeah um a lot of um the the gospels is biblical prophecy and written in a very specific literary style in order to link it to biblical prophecy yeah. um, from the Old Testament. But that's a whole different argument that I don't want to get into because we'll be here for another six. And yeah, another and it basically just gets into the history as a literary art more than a scientific one, which we've talked about as regards, like, I mean, Boudicca, for example. is Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a whole argument as to whether Boudicca really existed. Yeah. Um, but you can listen to a different podcast for that one. <laughs> um, okay, so to top it off, something that is brought up again and again for reasons that I don't really follow because they think they just like mentioning it um, <laughs> is a statue which they claim is hidden in the Vatican Um <laughs> which is called the saviour of the world and is a man with a rooster face, except his beak is a cock and balls. So, okay. <laughs> I w- <laughs> this was brought up in a book by Akaria S slash DM Murdoch called The Christ Conspiracy, The Greatest Story Ever Sold. So mm-hmm. you know, that's how you know it's good. Sure. Um, in which he provides a drawing of this mm-hmm. um claiming that it is hidden in the vatican um plenty of people don't believe this ever actually existed it does seem unlikely and there's no photographs of it mm-hmm. um and there is no um uh, only weird drawings basically um but in bar ehrman's book he said it didn't exist um he says there's no such thing Mm-hmm. Um, he says the penis. There is no penis, no statue of Peter the Cock in the Vatican or anywhere else, except in books like this, which like making stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fair, I think. Um, he, she then took offence to this and put um, a whole thing on her website, which is also the only publisher which talks about these things, um, where she goes back through the lists of things which she claims uh, where she claims she got it from. Okay, um, which. Um, Include things like uh, the Women's Dictionary of Symbols, um, definitely a book which I trust. Mm-hmm. Um, another one called A Discourse on the Worship of Priapus, um, which again has a drawing uh, of it. Uh huh. Um, the more there are drawings of it, the more she enjoys it. Um, she then kind of keeps referencing it back um, until she has like. Um, Things going back to like the um, like seventeenth century, which she claims are references to uh, the thing, which have other drawings of um, of the god Priapus as a cock, um, which is a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because what she says it is is a picture of Peter, the first pope, um, as a cock, and that it is a um, a, Christ- a joke about christ basically mm-hmm. um what the things that she's referring to claim that that who claim they exist say that it is a um statue of priapus um god of fertility and with dressed as a cock um which is a different argument <laughs> what but what um, what is she claiming yeah. that the supposed existence of a statue hidden in the Vatican of Peter represented as a rooster with a penis for a beak says? Um, unclear to be honest. Okay. 
Um, she just really wants us I, to know about it. I, she just really wants us to know about it. She thinks that it is some kind of joke about the Christians and that it is hidden um, and that they're just very keen on it. Um, so that the, so she's suggesting that the Pope and the Catholic Church and the Vatican are deliberately hoodwinking people into believing in Christ. Yeah. Okay. I th- honestly, I think that they like that it's a bit rude and they think they like that it's allegedly hidden in the Vatican. Okay, sure. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to not put any stock in that particular story. <laughs> no. Funnily um, enough. And then I did some kind of Googling on the um, references that she draws and all of the references that she kind of talks about, the only other places I could reference it, could see people, was people making fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> like academic books are there like, oh, Knight was a massive prankster and like to say things like, da-da-da-da-da. Uh, um, you're like, okay. Well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cool. But... I mention it, one, because they talk about it a lot, two, because she's taken it very personally that um, Bioman doesn't believe in it, and three, because it's absolutely worth looking at the drawings, which are hilarious. They are hilarious. We will put links to that in the show notes, um, because um, it's really something. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that that is um, it's enough for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, it. That's Jesus. Jesus was real. Whether he was a messiah is up to your own personal interpretation. Yeah, whether he did miracles is also up to you um, and what you believe personally. Um, But yeah, he definitely potted around for a bit. Definitely was crucified. He potted around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What are we talking about next time, Janina? Next time we have a question from Samuel Lawrence, which is how did the idea that all humans have rights become widespread? Which is a very good question. I'm looking forward to this because this is something that I'm always bitching on about. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, well, the concept of individual human rights, where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? Con I Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if I put that song in your head. Um, It it comes and goes on its own anyway. (laughs) That's fair. Um, If you want to ask us a question, then you can go to um, historyandsexy.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can fill in a form and send us a message and we will read it and you can uh, buy stuff and you can what else can you do you can can, uh, support us on our code send us some money which is always appreciated yeah Uh, if you'd buy us a coffee in real life you could buy us a coffee on the internet um, um, yeah we always appreciate it Uh, you can see the list of um, sources and things um, with uh, links to the penis headed cock men Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, and um, see everything there. Yeah. Uh, and until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.